Is it the shoes? Nah. It's gotta be the shoes. 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 My name is Kundwani And the next episode is... Well, you guessed it. It's gotta be the shoes. Krista Enyonjukin, born Krista Lodge. I'm half Nifi and half Trini. Can you tell me what you do professionally then? Yes, I'm the head coach of UOIT, and it stands for the University of Ontario Institute of Technology, and I'm the women's basketball coach there. So um, we are building the first time ever a basketball team, and I was hired in September in that position to start the team for next year. Good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. This show is meant to shed light on undertold stories out of Africa. Our vision is to introduce you to some extraordinary people doing incredible things. The allure of basketball in a city like Toronto, is clear to see. It's multicultural here, with a rainbow of ethnicities coming together. The NBA, by far and away the sport's most prominent league, features players from over 42 different countries. That's a far cry from yesteryear, when the NBA was synonymous, almost exclusively, with the U.S., Programs like Giants of Africa and Rosé Management's Book and Sneaker Drive are ensuring that the sport continues to catch fire. The NBA stands alone when compared with most North American pro sports in terms of its progressive approach to gender. There are assistant coaches, referees, and executives in their ranks. The women's game the WNBA, again, has a long, long way to go. The lights are hardly as bright. But it is there. Steadily, albeit slowly, growing. It's no doubt that this is part of a process. Enter Krista Inwajukin. Krista has been a mainstay in the Canadian national program for years. She's groomed talent that has found their way to the pros. In August of 2018, Krista was named to the UIOT's first head coaching position. To be clear, this program didn't exist in the past. They chose her to build the team from the ground up. Better put, she earned the place as coach and principal of the entire women's basketball program. Despite all the sport's progress, a feat like this cannot go unnoticed. So I will repeat, she earned the place as coach and principal 
of the entire basketball program. I sat down with her at her home in the greater Toronto area. Here, in part, is our conversation. So my mother's Newfie, and then my father is from Trinidad, and they met actually at McGill. And you're one of... One of three on my mom's side, mm-hmm. and then on my dad's side, there's three others. I know some people who are from Eastern mm-hmm. Canada, mm-hmm. and they are actually quite fanatical about yeah. being from Eastern Canada. Like, yeah. They're, they're... My, uh, I would say my family, yeah, are passionate about being Newfies, like say bye and all that. And they, but more than anything, what I've realized as I've like, you know, you kind of, as you grow older, you learn your own culture and what it means to be both and so on. There's a lot of connections, um, even in terms of like saltfish and food and the way that they make their foods and their traditions. There's like bakes that are kind of similar. Like there's, there's some traditions that are similar there. Um, I'd say Newfies like to drink and have lots of fun and so do Trinis. So <laughs> there's lots of connections in that regard as well. Yeah. Uh, is there a caravan in Newfoundland that I should know uh, about? No, there's no caravan, but you can definitely be screeched in. Um, but I guess the dancing side definitely comes from the Trini side. This is a bit of a weird question, but do you associate yourself more with with one or... Trini. I, it's weird. I was raised by Newfies, but I associate myself more with Trini. And I just feel like I connect to the culture a lot. Mm-hmm. And that I th- journey or discovery came for me a lot in university. Can you tell me what you do professionally then? Yes, I'm the head coach of UOIT. Mm-hmm. What were you doing prior to uh, getting appointed to that? For the last 13 years, I've been teaching middle school and then alongside coaching several teams. And right now, I'm still coaching a prep team called Durham Elite. Um, we'll be finishing that up. Um, what age group is that? So that is grade 10 to 12 and it plays in the OSBA Ontario Scholastic Basketball Association it's a newer prep league so I've been doing that for three years Um, and previous to that or kind of in correspondence to that I also did provincial team for seven years wow yeah so um, like what 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 prepares you for coaching yeah it seems like it's a it's a different skill set than like I like the game it is it is and I I think if you ask my sisters, I guess, or my mom, I've always been a little bit bossy. <laughs> so, and, um, and so I've always just, I guess, wanted to lead, right? And I think that's a big part of it because I think a lot of people are capable to do it, yeah. but to take that risk and want to do it and want to be the one that's blamed when things don't go right and want to be the yeah, one that's, the you know, putting all, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a unique position to be in, right? Um, and I would say that growing up in my house, my father was very, very much uh, pushing me to try to be a leader. Like that was like very ingrained from us from a very young age. And he was a teacher himself. Um, so I guess he just felt, you know, saw the importance of developing those skills in his children, right? What's the best part of coaching? The relationships. Yeah, like by far. So I 
I still am in contact. Like I was just on the phone two hours ago with a former player who plays pro and I coached her grade, oh, maybe grade, started in grade seven and I coached her up to grade 11 and then she went on and played university and she still calls me about stuff. It starts with just a basketball, but then over time you build those trusting relationships and I, I'm in contact with the majority of my athletes still. I don't want to ask what's the worst, so I'll ask <laughs> what's the most challenging? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say taking everybody's unique strengths or weaknesses and putting them together to bring success or build a winning culture, mm-hmm. right? Because we all have special characteristics and special things that we can add to anything. But I feel like really strong coaches know how to get the best out of each individual and bring that collaboratively together for to do something special. Mm-hmm. 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 You're, it's kind of unique. So you're, uh, it's the Ridgebacks? Yes. So the Ridgebacks haven't played a no, game yet. No, no. So uh, how do you build... How do you build that culture from the ground up if you haven't if you haven't played a game? Yeah, um, a lot of team building stuff is going to have to be in place. Um, I don't like the word rules necessarily, but um, finding like our guidelines and philosophies, and some of those will be things that I come up with, and then some of those things will be some of the the players come up with, mm-hmm. right? And you know, in order to build a winning culture, you also have to find the right kids too, right? And right now, in through my recruiting, I always say I'm looking for the right kids that have a really strong work ethic in life because it has to be like, you can't just be a good student and not a good basketball it's player. Not it's not, no, yeah. it's so yeah. much further. And when stuff really hits the fan or there's really, you know, if you're a really good basketball player, but not really good at exams or you're not really good at school and we're in the middle of playoffs and you're having to do your stuff, but you don't take your school stuff and you flunk out, like it just, it's not going to be fitting. Right. And yeah. so when you're pushing these athletes in their prime, they have to be strong character kids overall right so that's really what you have to find those unique kids that have both have both or that you can see potential in developing both of them how do you feel being like that the the first um, the creation of the program of the team Mm -hmm. is is a woman and is you yeah you know it is unique it is special for sure and then an African American or Canadian woman at that it's very special like it doesn't come along the opportunity to build something from scratch doesn't come you know coaches get fired and replaced and then you're trying to build a program and that's a different situation but like knowing that you know the vision that I have in place and the values of what I'm trying to do is going to be the start of the entire program this is the build yeah yeah like it's it's exciting it's an it's an honor and it's an honor to be chosen to to be able to do that, like you believe that I'm going to be able, the one to be able to do that, that's pretty special. Well, maybe I'll take a step back. Yeah. What got you into basketball? What got me into basketball? So I actually was a track athlete growing up and I got burnt out in about grade eight. I just was like, this running thing, it's a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I started, I think I just started too young. Like I started training and competing at six years old. 
Then in middle school, I found basketball. And then I picked it up pretty fast and then started playing in high school. And then before you knew it, I was playing rep. And there was, you know, a couple of coaches that I had who were really passionate about the game. But instead of just, you know, playing our games and that was it, whenever there was basketball going on, they would ask us if we wanted to come along. And so then I just slowly became a fan of the game. I started watching other teams play, learning about the game, sitting with my coach, dissecting what they're doing, yeah. and that kind of fueled Like really my... learning the game. Yeah, and it was just as simple as him picking a bunch of us up and taking us to games and watching other people play. According to several sources, football, or soccer, stands undisputed as the world's most popular sport. It's enjoyed by billions worldwide and is affectionately known as the beautiful game. While football stands atop the mountain, what's far less obvious is what ranks as the world's next most popular sport. Cricket, tennis, and even volleyball are all vying for that next coveted position. One sport, however, is slowly but surely soaring up the charts. Basketball. To be clear, it's not yet a viable threat to the throne, but basketball is formidable, and now finds itself ranking anywhere from second to eighth on most lists. For my part, soccer was undisputed. That's precisely why this episode has been so much fun. I've spoken to so many people about their love affair with basketball. I'm learning to see basketball in a new light. It's as if my eyes are being carefully massaged open. Until I can see that sport again. Perhaps for the first time. And while I remain faithful to my first and true love... This new mistress of basketball is delightful. Hi, my name is Anthony Johnson. My love for the sport of basketball started from the very first time I watched Michael Jordan playing for the Chicago Bulls. His leadership skills and never quit mentality sparked my interest in the sport. Shortly after I asked my parents to enroll me on a team, I played team basketball for almost 10 years. And honestly, the biggest takeaway learned on the court that I apply today in my everyday life is how to work with diverse personalities and never quit. My name is Matt Donnelly. I was born outside of London in the UK, uh, but I grew up in Oakville, Ontario. Why basketball? Uh, basketball was probably the first one for me, but if not, it came at the same time as soccer. Uh, but basketball was the one that kind of it stuck with me because I, I developed early on a, a group of friends that liked to play it. Um, I had the hoop in the driveway, which was the big one. Though so I uh, was able to take my ball, go out to the driveway after my parents moved the car, and I could spend kind of hours out there by myself just shooting catching my own rebound or the ball rolls back to me and just shoot over and over again. Just could do it on my own when I needed my own space and wanted to go play, I could just go do it. 
What is it about basketball that made you stick with it more than soccer or, or baseball or football? Yeah, I think it was it was mainly that I was able to, you know, I had two or three other friends that also liked the sport, and we were able to go anytime and find a basket and play two-on-two. Two. Um, so that kind of started it off where it would be, you know, even if it was 11 o'clock at night, we could go out to the park and we'd even shoot around in the dark and just play a game of two-on-two, two, right? So that um, that kind of moved it from just kind of a hobby to something that I really liked to do because it was there was a social component of it and it was, you know, it was just, it was simply, it was fun. The sport's become more popular in Canada with more visible Canadian athletes who are... Uh, you know, have made it to higher levels of the sport. So they've seen kids like, um, you know, before in my era, it was really just Steve Nash. But now they see Andrew Wiggins. They see Jamal Murray. They see a kid like Anthony Bennett get picked first in the draft. And I think any kid growing up uh, in this era sees guys like that, like guys like Tristan Thompson playing with LeBron James and see them in the playoffs and sees the Canadian... Uh, national team qualify for the World Cup and that kind of thing. I think as you see more Canadian basketball players uh, reach a you know a place like the NBA, makes it seem more of an attainable thing. Whereas if you think about on the soccer, soccer is another popular sport. I don't think on the men's side there's a lot of visible Canadians out there. I, I couldn't even tell you who the best uh, Canadian male soccer player is right now, right? Um, On the women's side, they've had a very successful run making it to the, you know, I think the Olympic finals, right? Silver medalist and uh, women's World Cup of soccer. On the men's side, I don't think they've had much success. Um, And I can't, you can't really point to pros who are, you know, who are Canadian, right? Whereas now I think the NBA has become such a big league globally. And as you see Canadian faces, you know, on TV, Right, playing in the NBA Finals or in commercials, that kind of thing. Um, I think young kids kind of look up to that and see it as maybe something that's attainable for them. So my full name is Olubumi Sunday Enyojuken. And so Olubumi is my first name. And uh, when I moved to Canada, I decided to go with my second name, Sunday, you know, to, to make it life easy. <laughs> For those Canadians I cross paths with. Okay. But, uh, well, before, let me preface um, my explanation for what Olubumi means by saying that it's a, it's generally a feminine name, okay. but some, some males are given that name. So Olubumi means um, God's gift, or God gave her to me, or some different iteration of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, as a kid growing up in Nigeria, my parents would call me Olubumi Okuri. Now, Okuri in Yoruba means boy. Mm, okay. So it's Olubumi boy. And right. I actually had a neighbor uh, back then whose name was also Olubumi. And so she was referred to as Olubumi Obiri. Now, Obiri means girl. What drew you to basketball? Michael Jordan drew me to appreciating basketball. Mm-hmm. And an encounter at a shopping, at a grocery store when I was 14 um, caused me to actually play. Okay. okay so I, um, I, 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 I played sports like any kid. Right? Yeah. I played sports in school. I, I, I really picked up on 
um, track. I ran track for a while, but then I ended up hurting myself. I think I um, I popped a groin muscle, right, when I was in high school. So that kind of put an end to that. And then, uh, but I always and this would have been the early '90s, and I I always by then I was following Michael Jordan and you know this thing called basketball. And one one day I was also tall. Yeah. Right? I was so one say, day yeah, I, was, I remember <laughs> I was I was at a Provigo with yeah. my mom shopping, and this man with a real uh, raspy voice came up to my mom and said, uh, "Your son, uh, he's does he play basketball?" <laughs> I turned around like, "What?" It's like, "No." It's like, and he was like, "He has to play basketball," and that was it. <laughs> What, what's been, you know, strong for me to say, like, love affair, but what's uh-huh. been the best part of your, uh, of the sport for you? I think the best part is actually the, the friends I've, the friends and the relationship I've built because of basketball, because a lot of these friendships last, uh, continue until today. You're still friends. I'm still friends. A lot of these, and they're like brothers to me, right? Mm-hmm. All these, these core guys mm-hmm. when I first started playing ball. Uh, but secondly, it it, be, it taught me leadership. Like it's it taught me how to lead. It taught me how to be led, uh, which is also very important. It taught it taught me perseverance and 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 um and just diligence in whatever I do. How important has basketball been in your life? It's been very important. I'm you know I met like I said I met friends that I'm still friends with because of it. Yeah. It taught me. A lot of life lessons. It's built a significant portion of my character. It's why it's how I met Krista, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know. You know my my experience with sort of people from Africa is that the, the primary sport is soccer, mm. and it seems that basketball is becoming more of a thing. Right. So, like, where, where is that coming from? Is that just because the sport in and of itself, like, the NBA is expanding? Or, yeah. like, where do you think that's coming from? Yes, I or think... Or is there something with the sport? Sorry, that's the mm. flip side. Yes, uh, so, uh, so I think it's a mix of uh, the NBA growing and look, looking outwardly, okay? Plus, Nigerians physically tend to be tall, um, fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very athletic. Very athletic. And, and so, and I know that Masai Jerry is, has that uh, Giants of Africa uh, Foundation mm-hmm. and their project of going around Africa and running various camps. Yeah, it's doing nothing but just making that sport more popular in Africa. So, when, when you compare it to some of the other sports that you've played, what is it about basketball? Yeah. Why aren't we talking about <laughs> volleyball? Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, that's, they're that's, both team sports. They're, they're both team sports. It, it may be it may be marketing. I think that the NBA has done an excellent. It, we, we we've been talking about NBA. Let's yeah. not forget uh, university basketball, yes. right? Which yes. is uh, yes. can be just as big of a, as a monster in terms of just yeah. um, their reach and their draw, right? So, what is it about the sport? So I think the, I think it's just it's marketed well. I think it markets well. Mm-hmm. You, you see, it's exciting, mm-hmm. high scoring back and forth. Um, and and I, I just think that for fans who watch on TV or who are actually watching the game, it's a very intimate experience in that you've got these guys, this big uh, physical specimen who move like ballerinas. 
right? And who look like they're dancing when they make their dribble moves, right? And I think there's some, there's some, there's some, there's a sense of um, some art behind it, uh, which other, not to bemoan volleyball or rugby, don't have, right? It's like a stage. If you think about uh, the, the where the Lakers play, you'll notice that you know where the the, the court is lit up, right? Yeah. And you can hardly see into the stands. It's yeah. dark, it's like a stage, yeah, 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 yeah. and this this performance art going on, right? So I think that aspect of it's what draws people. Interesting. There is that other element if they talk about the NBA. It's like there are like eight guys on an NBA team mm-hmm. or on a basketball team, eight people. Versus a hockey team has 20, 22. Rugby team would be 22. Soccer, at least 12 to 15. So those numbers, it makes it much more intimate. Yeah, well, well, on on the court... Yeah. So they're, they're okay. So on the court, yeah, you've got the five court. guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, on a team, you, uh, a team would have anywhere between, I would say, twelve and fifteen guys. Twelve and fifteen. Oh. Okay, okay. So, so that's, I keep that's saying, I keep bringing it back to masculine uh, people. But on the court, you only have five, right? right. Um, so I think that also makes a difference. Yeah. Right? Um, where you know, whereas like on soccer, I think you have eleven. Is eleven on the on field? Court. Yeah, and the field is and massive. Yeah, so you're you're spread out. Yeah, same thing with football. With football, it's massive. Yeah, same thing. And it, with with football, you've got the helmets. It, it's kind of not so personal. And there, there's that sort of again, that sort of performance arts behind it. I like that take on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm going to maybe take a, a, a few turns on just females in sure. sports and you're teaching, sorry, you're coaching men or women? Women. Women. Is mm-hmm. there parity in the attention you're getting uh, versus the men? Right now, yes. Okay. And I attribute that 100% to the Ridgebacks community, the staff. They're phenomenal. They do a really good job of making sure that we're getting you know, the attention, um, both programs. And I'm very fortunate. The men's coach is a close friend of mine. Um, his name is Greg Francis. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that we have envisioned individually for our teams, we also have envisioned together in terms of building a winning program, not just a winning women's program, but a winning program. So like basketball basketball in general, general. and we have a lot of plans together and, you know, how to bring more basketball to the community, how to attract um, the community and coming out to games and do stuff together to try to really build basketball in Durham region. Durham is a hotbed for sure for basketball, but we've never had a university sports basketball program to be able to look up to. Off the top of my head, tennis is the only one where there's the appear- appearance of parity, if you yes, will. Yes, for sure. Uh, and that even had to be worked towards, but mm-hmm. I think it's there. It's fair mm-hmm. to say that it's there. Um, in basketball, you have the WNBA mm-hmm. and the NBA. Obviously, the NBA gets far more light shone on it. But, yes. but I guess the question is, how do you make sure that that focus remains equal and balanced for both the men's program and the women's program? Yeah, it's um, just like you said, if you look at the WBA and NBA, like it's an uphill battle for sure and have to be having conversations and brought up 
on a consistent basis and reminders for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's work to be done there. I do, uh, I do feel though strongly that um, our athletic director is aware of those things though. And I do feel like um, I will at least be heard if, if things like that arise. Yeah. And um, the media guys are very aware of making sure that, you know, when Greg gets interviewed, I get interviewed. And they're letting the media know that we both need to be talked yeah, to. this we is both, the program. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm really curious about, like, even the NBA as mm-hmm. a model for that, right? Uh, yeah. Aspirationally. Even though there is great disparity, the NBA in and of itself has far more female presence in coaching management even though it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's handfuls mm-hmm. right there's much more female influence on that than there is in any other sport why do you think that is is it like is basketball in the, and of itself i think like, it's the leadership they have in place yeah, like if you put the right, right leaders at the top then it's going to trickle down it trickles down if Masai wanted to do something and the people at the top of the NBA were saying no, then it doesn't matter what he really feels and wants to do. That's a, that's a really, really good point. And, and is an interesting segue to my sort of like the next question is, quote unquote, the crossover. Um, what I'm calling the crossover, okay. which is uh, women working in, quote unquote, the male sport. One of my friends was asking... Does it take away when a female coaches in the NBA rather than stay and coach in the NBA? And I said, in an ideal world, maybe they do both because the women's game is in the summertime. But the challenge really lies, and you can't fault any of the females for it. It's the money. I think most of the women would love to coach the women. Like, that's what they grew up playing. They have those relationships. It would be really cool to coach the women. However, if you're going to pay me 40000 and the NBA is going to pay me 400000 yeah, you can't, you can't expect somebody to not want to take that opportunity when they're making 10 times the money. Coaching the women's game and getting to coach it at its highest level for me would be unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, but like I said, if I got to coach the men's game at the highest level, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, this is crap. Like, I would definitely love to do that too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. You're building a program now versus, uh, like, it's versus a season. I'm not saying that that's yes. what you did before. Yes. But so how is that, how do you manage the cadence of saying, I've got to manage for this season, but I also have to manage for, I guess, yeah, like two years yes. down the road, yes. right? Like this exactly. Is, this is the, there's a, kind of a lot of balls well, in the air there. How do you when I'm recruiting? Like I'm not recruiting, for example, for one year. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I'm looking at some kids, and I'm like, okay, by year two, three, this kid could really be really good, right? And I actually on my drive to UIT this morning was just happy going through those thoughts in my head and kind of reminding myself like okay next year in the fall if we're not very good that's okay like i like i was literally talking i was talking myself through this because it's like yeah i we don't and that's in sport you get caught up sometimes because yeah you want to win every game i want to win every game i'm very competitive right i want it done now that's not really realistic right and if i'm building a program from scratch um I need to build it over time. And, you know, our soccer team at UIT, um, they did that. Paven, Coach Paven brought in a bunch of girls. And I have a five-year plan. He had a five-year plan to win OUAs in five years, and they did. 
Wow. And the girls that he brought in went and they developed every year they got better. And so for a program to come in and say in five years, we're going to win, you know, that's pretty special. So, you know, to have people in the reject community that I can talk to about, okay, how did you do that? Even though it's a different sport, it's still similar ideas. Yeah, exactly. And how do you grow it? How much patience am I really going to need year one? I was going to ask right? you, yeah, like, so, yeah. And, and, and then how much do you, do you communicate to the outside world of that reality? Is yeah. It, like, mm-hmm. you've got a balance between telling your players it's okay to lose and it's, like, not okay to lose. So, yeah. Like, it's, it's hard. And, like, it all, it all depends exactly where the expectations are once the team is in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And being realistic with my expectations once I have those athletes. Yeah. Because... Who knows? My team could be competing in the top three in September. Yeah, I'd, right, like, right. not finished recruiting. I don't know exactly what that looks like, right? So yeah. as long as, you know, as a coach, I'm always saying, be the best version of you. And if my team is being the best version of them, then, you know, we'll have something to build on each and every day. So there you have it. The conversation continues. I'd like to thank all my guests for their participation and candor. If you could sit down with anybody, have a coffee, uh, drink or whatever, um, one of your heroes, who would you sit down with and what would you ask them if you could only ask them one question? This is a really hard question. I can come back to it if you want. Oh my goodness. But I will hold you to answering it. <laughs> yeah, think I about can't it. think let's, right let's now. Park, let's park that Let's one. park it. Let's park it. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world for a two-week vacation, where are you going? Trinidad and Tobago. Tobago. Um, I, I think I, I know the answer to this, but who's going with you? My husband, Sunday. What's your second favorite sport? Track. Um, I don't know if you do this, but I'll ask you either way. Scotch, beer, or wine? Oh, neither. Vodka. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Um, In the movie about your life. Who plays Krista? Jeez, these questions. The young lady that, um, I don't even know her name. I'm awful. The Hate You Gave. Oh, yes. How, the Hate You yes. Give, sorry. The Hate You Give, yes. That young give. lady. Yes, and I don't know her name, but I'll put it in there. Yes. Yes. yes she's phenomenal. She's amazing. I still haven't, anyway, she's amazing. And when my friend watched the movie, she was like, that's you. You need to watch it. And oh. I felt like, I literally felt like I could relate to her, even though my life's not like her. But yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. Like, way, you felt yeah. like, yeah, I felt yeah, yeah. Re- I could relate to her. The actor Krista was referring to is Amanda Stenberg. What's the name of the movie? Mm. Be the change you want to see in the world. Remember, you can find us wherever you do your listening. 
iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or even YouTube. Just search for 54 Likes. Listen, like, share. Music for this episode was composed, enjoyed, and used with permission by Anjo. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. It's gotta be the shoes. Say it again, it's gotta be the shoes. It's gotta be the shoes. It's gotta be the shoes.